Hi, welcome to Suplex of Sticks, a gaming podcast with your hosts, David and Seth. Hello, David. Hello, Seth. How are you? I am good. I'm good. Uh, it's pretty late. It is. It's, we are... it's 1230. Probably yeah, the we're late... up late after, after the Game Awards. It's actually, I'm not that phased on it because I've been up much later than this the past week <laughs> uh, preparing for final stuff, so... Yeah. Uh, hopefully at some point I can get this sleep schedule back in some kind of a something reminiscent to normal. Uh, but before we start, uh, congratulations are in order for you, my friend, oh, I believe. Yes. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Yes. I, um, I got engaged to my girlfriend, Marianne, and it was at Disney and it was a very lovely time and she loved it she thought it was great so, it was gonna happen uh tomorrow but yeah. he decided to move it up yeah i had the ring and i just couldn't wait and i like i felt like it would be like the telltale heart in the apartment where like i would just be focusing on it all the time <laughs> and, and then you'd go insane and yeah chop up marianne or something yeah well i wouldn't go that extreme i i feel like I would have just like told her like after dinner one day, <laughs> like something like <laughs> the, that. The least romantic thing possible. Yeah, because I couldn't. I felt like I couldn't handle the stress of it being in the same vicinity of me. Um, but yeah, uh, that was very exciting. I do want to bring up how great of an anniversary it was for me and you yesterday. Actually, oh uh, yes, it was the a momentous occasion. The eight-year anniversary of us going to see Tangled in theaters and getting our extreme balance bracelets. Oh yeah, those those bracelets really did balance me out. Man, I wish other people. I've been knew. a little, I've been a little crazy since I stopped stopped uh, wearing it. Yeah, it's it's definitely something that uh, was not a fad. And it was not a placebo, and it worked. No, it was real. I mean, we saw the uh, the demonstrations. Yeah, I he did it to me. I mean, listen, I yeah, I'm a believer in those wristbands. Mm. But yeah, um, we we went to Disney, and then we celebrated with some friends at Disney Springs afterwards. Which, um, really, we should. I'm going to be honest. I love my friends, but. We should probably have just gone home after Disney because I was so tired from all of the uh, emotions <laughs> of the day that I did not really enjoy being at Disney Springs <laughs> at all. Yep. Um, but, you know, it's it's fine. Uh, talking about Disney Springs a little bit, um, they're getting a really cool uh, a Kingdom Hearts experience, Kingdom Hearts 3 experience, starting the 14th of this month. So if you live in Orlando, yeah, that should be cool. if you live in Orlando and you want to play a demo of the game early, you can go there and do that. And they said there's like a Keyblade experience collection yeah. type thing. Who knows what that? What if it's like life size versions of all the Keyblades? So and you can like hit hit your friends. So I've seen pictures of like at at different cons where they have a room set like Woody's room. Or not Woody, Andy's room. They have like a Andy's room background and you can right. like hold the keyblade and they take a picture of you with a life size 
like version, like high quality oh, version of the Keyblade. Ugh. So we'll we'll see if that's it. Um, I'm hoping that that might be it, but that'd be awesome. Um, if you are a Disney fan like I am, then you definitely know that it's um, it's been really difficult getting any sort of representation of this game franchise in the parks. Um, there's been a lot of petitions. There have been fans that do like their own show up dressed up as characters day to try to show Disney that people really care and uh, nothing has really gotten through except for like a couple of pieces of merch here and there. Like I have a, a Mickey and an organization robe pin, which that was the only one they sold, but it's, it's really cool to see Disney kind of accepting this and putting something on their property to support Kingdom Hearts. Cause I mean, it is their, it's their IP essentially, um, all of it. And yeah. so it's just really exciting that this is, I'm hoping this is well supported to show them, you know, that, that we're out here. The people that play video games love Disney stuff and we love, you know, Kingdom Hearts and everything. So indeed. I'm probably going to visit it a couple times because <laughs> it's open through, I think, January 30th, it said. So it's about a month and a half. Uh, and it's, it's we already, me and Marianne have discussed going next weekend, even though that's the weekend it opens up, just because I, I need to see it. I, I, um, a lot of game, some gaming news this week has really left me speechless. And that one genuinely, I like dropped my phone and my, I was just scrolling through Twitter at a stoplight and I dropped my phone and got like overly emotional about it. Like, uh, (laughs) it was, it was rough. Um, (laughs) I, I texted, uh, our, our mutual friend, Zach Garofola, like eight times, like different thoughts in each one. (laughs) And, um, I was sending it to Marianne into the suplex chat. And so it was, yeah, it was a lot of emotions at once. Um, yeah. Who could, and who could have thought at that point that things would even just, they would just increase the emotions. Yeah. Later in the week. Yeah, it's, you know, I've been looking forward to this, the Game Awards, and I actually left just appropriately whelmed on a level overall, but there were definitely very high points for me. So I'm excited to get into that later. Um, I haven't really played anything new this week. I've been playing more Pokemon. I'm in Celadon City now. I am now going to the Team Rocket hideout. Um, I can definitely say that if you fight every trainer in this game, some of the people say there is a difficulty spike around Lavender Town. I can kind of see that if you only put all of your energy into your main starter Pokemon. But if you actually have a team that you've kept consistent like I did and you fight every trainer available, you're going to wipe other teams if you know the elemental weaknesses. So it's, it just, I mean, it's like that in other Pokemons too, but it's nothing, nothing super difficult yet. I'm kind of hoping that there is a difficulty spike, but, um, I'm not, not enjoying it. I just, it's the, the nostalgia has kind of washed away now and 
I I'm finding myself pushing to play it to beat it just because I want to instead of like like it's not that I am eager to pick it up every I have to tell myself I need to beat this game I paid for it I bought a forty dollar Pokeball accessory for it so yeah so you know it's 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 a good game I still don't want to bring it down I really like it but the nostalgia is starting to wear off um and i honestly think that if i had to battle random pokemon in the wild grass the nostalgia would have wore off a long time ago <laughs> yeah and so I can see that. the the let's go mechanic or the pokemon go mechanic really has helped the longevity of this game to me i mean there's a reason that very few uh jrpgs that come out these days have have random encounters anymore yeah because it's just like when before it was kind of a necessity of the uh the 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 power level of the 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 systems it was on um it it doesn't it doesn't really enhance the game all that much no and that's honestly why i keep finding myself staying away from octopath traveler I should probably trade in Octopath Traveler when I go to get Smash. Because every yeah. time I pick that game up and I start to get random encounters, I just... I'm like, alright, I I know that this is part of the game, but I, I can't. I cannot do this. <laughs> yeah, um, especially with games like... I don't know how common it is. I remember an old NES game that I played, Destiny of an Emperor. It was one of the first... JRPGs I played that had an auto battle system, which was like, it was perfect because you could just kind of set the game onto its own stuff. And I talked last week about how Dragon Quest uh, you, has, has an auto battle system. Um, and so for, like, to, to have both random encounters and no way of kind of automating the battles, it, it's, I don't know, we've talked on on here before about how there are games these days that don't really respect your time. Um, and that's, I think, one of the, the hugest culprits um, that that just, they kind of, it's kind of like an artificial way of, of making the game last longer. Yeah. Um, and, it, and it really can be a turnoff. I, I know that if, if Dragon Quest uh, had random encounters, I would probably have stopped playing it the, like the second day. <laughs> yeah, it's it's difficult, especially because I feel like there are games I want to go back and play that have that mechanic. Yeah. But at least the nostalgia is what will get me to go back to those. It's it's not a it's not a new game that has it built in. Yeah. And, you know, I just don't have time for that, man. Um and, and really, let me give it give it the credit it deserves pokemon let's go is really neat in that you see the pokemon existing in the world around you a lot which is so cool to like have the choice to chase after like um and i don't know if if this is on purpose if their natures actually um are the natures of the pokemon affect how they act in the wild because there are some pokemon that will just come at you real fast or they'll mm-hmm. be shy and you'll have to kind of chase them. And so it's, I'm, I should 
I'm going to look at that now because it, it's something that I've thought of because it's it's not every single one. So it has to be based on some sort of nature. And that's really neat. So I'm excited to go back into the la the Lavender Tower. I forgot the name of the tower. I think it's the Lavender. Pokemon Tower. The Pokemon Tower and finish it after I get my Silfco Silscope. So cool what have you been playing well as i said stated i i did continue to play dragon quest 11 um and as much as i hate to admit it the game has it has you know like uh 30 hours in it it did start to grab me a bit which is terrible but you know i, I played <laughs> up till that point and so once i finally got kind of invested in it i was like well i can't put it down now um i mean the issues are still there honestly um, the, the, like the main, one of my biggest problems is that it feels like there's like the, the characters on their own aren't really compelling enough for me to, um, enjoy it. Uh, but since the last episode there, like more people have joined the party. Um, there's, there was even a surprise character that I, um, was not expecting, um, who have, who have a bit more personality and those characters, it. Um, because they are, they're kind of more fleshed out, I guess, and so it's allowed for like the different different like storylines here and there to present like uh, more serious and darker stuff. Like there are some some legit sad things that happen that have happened in in, in the in the previous week of playing. Right. Um. But you know, it's still. That doesn't really feel like there's any stakes to what's going on, so it's kind of on a level. I'm still just getting through, like playing the game um, to get through it. Uh, though I am, I am enjoying it. Um, some, I every once in a while I'll laugh out loud at the name of a monster because, like every enemy in this game, the name is based on a pun, um, and some of them are really dumb, but there are some really good ones. Um, and it's it's a funny game, honestly. So, but I I got to a point earlier in the week that I thought I was coming up near the end of the game. Um, I I knew it was way too early, and I even looked. I had to look up like how long is this game, and and I knew that I w I wasn't there. Um, and the game ended up it pulled the the classic Japanese RPG uh, move of. <coughs> Like right in the middle of the game, something bad happens, and the whole map changes, and you have to like basically go back through all of the old places you've been and and they look different um that's I was really annoyed when it happened because I did not want to have to go back through all the stuff like there was the the story it hadn't reached like a natural conclusion. But right. I also didn't feel like there was a whole lot extra stuff that they could have put in there. Um, but then they went and did it. I don't, and it's it's kind of annoying. It it feels like, I, like I said with the, the random encounters, it feels like an artificial way to increase the length of the game. Um, because the, the places that you visit, like there were some on first visit, some places that were locked off that I couldn't get in. Um, and so I knew on a level like I was going to end up coming back to these towns but there right, are right. other places that are barely changed at all and it's like well what was the purpose 
of all this. Um, so yeah, I'm still mostly enjoying the game. Um, I feel like I am close to the end right now. I'm, um, but you know, who knows? It's hard to tell. Like I, I tried to, before we got on, I tried to, um, look up a walkthrough to see (laughs) where I was in the game. Right. But the walkthrough I pulled up wasn't finished. Oh, so no. I was already past where they had the the writer had the the most recent update was. So I don't know. I'm not really planning on doing. Apparently, there's a a robust post game, which I don't. I I can't fathom how that would be possible. Um, but I don't really plan on doing much of it because you know Smash comes out, and so I want to be playing that. Yeah, exactly. And at some point, I gotta I gotta get. Persona 5 Dancing and Starlight. Uh, if anyone out there is listening and wants to get it, get, it, get it for me for Christmas, that would be dope. <laughs> uh, the old Christmas. So that's where I'm gift. at. So it's a, uh, you know, I'm having a good enough time to keep playing. Good. That's that's always good. I prefer that you have good times with games that you paid for. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Um, we both know a game that we did not have a good time with. Yeah, so um, I do want that. Yeah, that's it's coming up in the news. We're gonna talk about it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I we it's gonna be the third week in a row we're talking about this daggum bag, but we're talking about the plastic bag again because Valve or no Bethesda. Yeah, Bethesda. Sorry, um, Beth. Bethesda's emailing people back because they're they're replacing the trash plastic bags with canvas bags, uh, which they should have done. And they are also sending um, every single person that bought the collector's editions phone number, address, and personal information, sometimes credit card numbers, to everyone they're emailing. So. Yeah, uh, I mean, I'm glad these people are getting their bags. It's kind of hilarious that they were like, uh, we messed up and we're not going to make the bags and people complained. And, and at first were like, no, this is just what you get. And then and then they eventually relented and now they're doing it. They're relenting, but also, you know, sending out everyone's information to everyone, which is yeah, that was pretty bad. That was not great. I don't understand. This is this has got to be the buggiest release that Bethesda has ever made. You like, know, I, uh, we were talking about that at work today. I can't remember something that has been as bad as this. And I, I'm sure a lot of it has to do that it is like a persistent online game with a bunch of people playing. Um, and so there will be different problems um, just based on, on that kind of stuff. But there's, it seems like every day someone is writing about a new thing that's going wrong in Fallout 76. Or just in the real world regarding that game. Yeah. Like, it's it's insane. I I don't know. It's I really thought you know, it's my friend Joe made a point today. He goes, you know, that game might be good when they make it free to play and patch in a story. And, and I I don't know if they'll patch in a story, but it definitely seems like that's about the only thing they can do to fix it. The people are not playing this game the way 
than I think Bethesda thought they would. So. Yeah. Uh, which is weird because, like, Bethesda games are famous for people playing them in weird ways. Yeah, I really think that they, and it's redundant to say, I think they thought, I think Bethesda thought that people would really run with their imaginations and want to become yeah, these they thought sort people of... Would invest in the role-playing aspect of it. Right, right. Like, someone would really get the idea of, like, running a shop as an NPC and just wait for people to come by. <laughs> And the problem with that is that there there's a reason there's not a whole lot of games where you are a shopkeeper. Right. And usually when there are, they also have another component where you are doing something completely different. Yeah, exactly. So it's it's, just not that interesting. Yeah, it's rough. You know, Bethesda's having a rough go about it. And maybe maybe after this game awards the the news cycle will not will have something else to talk about for a little bit besides them because it really seems like they've also been railroaded by the fact that there's not a lot going on in the news cycle because it's been building up for the game awards and so maybe they'll have a little bit of a break um the the other thing is that Bungie released their new expansion and they've already kind of patched it they lowered the light level of the first forge uh to 605 instead of 610 because people were not able to do it without grinding right away okay so when you first said light level i thought that you meant like they decreased like the brightness of the lights in the area (laughs) i was like why why do you know the specific number of this but no have have i ever told you why the game looks so bad on my tv why oh my god i figured it out and you're gonna so the game i have a 4k tv now seth right and before i was not playing it on a 4k tv mm-hmm. and i was not playing it with a xbox one x which plays right. games in native 4k and so i started playing forza horizon 4 and it had me run through like five different shader settings like these are very important to get right because games can look bad on in 4K if you don't do this accurately. And huh. so I was like, all right. So I, I did like the five settings. And I'll, in my head, I'm like, maybe that's what's wrong with Destiny. And I went and for sure enough, uh, there was like six HDR 4K settings. <laughs> and I did uh. them all. And now I can see when I go into Lost Sectors now. Well, it's great. amazing. That's good. <laughs> Granted, it also made some of the rest of the game darker, which I think maybe that's how it's supposed to look. I just did not know that for the Yeah, it is. And so, yeah. So, it's... Now everything's right with my Destiny too. Fun <laughs> fact. That was... A, that's a very odd aside, but if you're playing games on your Xbox One X and you're actually playing them in 4K, go into your video settings and make sure everything's good. So that your games look right, because who gotta get those settings set. But, um, yeah, they they already tweaked the expansion, which is uh, very nice of them. Like it, it definitely, it definitely seems like all this stuff is meant to be more end game, and they said, 
they kind of realize that, oh God, people have to grind to be able to do this right away, and they don't want to do that right away. So. Yeah. Yeah. Good on Bungie. Um, let's see. Was there any other news you want to talk about before we jump into, uh, yes, the Game um, Awards? a couple of days ago, uh, Cappy Games, they announced that their the long-awaited Below is coming out December 14th, so one week from, from when this episode releases. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah, it's been five years since they announced it. Jeez. Um... I'm I'm excited to play it. Yeah, it, it looks cool. I I mean that's one of those games that I always forget exists until you remind me. So yeah, uh, I'm excited to play it. I am still waiting. Uh, this is not news, but you reminded me. I'm still waiting for the Kentucky Route Zero TV edition to come out. It was supposed to come out this year, but uh, we're we're closing in on the deadline here. Yeah, it looks like. It looks like you might have to wait for uh, technically fiscal year 2019, so maybe uh, yes. a little bit into January, February. Um, so let's let's do. So I want to talk about. I I kind of mentioned in the suplex chat earlier, Seth. I don't know if you saw. Um, I've ordered a first printing run of stickers. Ah. And. Um, some of them are going to go to the people that have helped. Uh, one will go to me and to Seth, of course. And one will go to our buddy Nick, who helped us set up the website. Hit him up at, uh, if you Google Nick Fitzpatrick, he uh, he has his own website with his name. It's great. He has his own website. And so if you need website help, so, you know, get a hold of him. And uh, Carl Craig, uh, who's known on instagram as the spaceman who did our logo they're both going to get stickers and chris and andrea are getting stickers and that leaves a couple for you the listeners who also oh, support yeah. us so the please listener. share share this episode and that's all you have to do you don't have to tag anyone you just have to share the episode to be entered and to win a sticker and if you live locally to here i will hand deliver it to you if you want either way or i can send it to you um and if you don't live locally to here i can send it to you in an envelope but it's a three by three sticker of our logo and from the proof i saw it looks really good they're coming in this weekend so i'm really excited they're pretty dope get a hold of those and if Anything, if anything goes well, or if it all goes well, I'll probably order more for myself for Christmas and we'll do more giveaways. But um, share the episode and you get entered in to win one. There will be three of them for you guys. So do it. Please do that. It would be super awesome and we appreciate it. And you can share on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram um, at Suplex the Sticks. We're that on everything. So, there's that. The the mid-episode plug. Gotta get those plugs in, baby. Yeah. I actually, the other day, Seth, um, small aside, I, th- I went to, like, preliminarily myself just record, like, a stinger to just put in there. 
And each time I tried to do one, it sounded too canned and boring. And I was like, people are just going to skip past this. So uh, we will never do that. So you're just going to hear it uh, be riffed every week. You the they're, probably, they're probably skipping past it right now. Yeah, maybe. You never know. So let's talk about these game awards. The game awards. Oh, man. Started. It was, it was pretty fun. Started at eight thirty with a pre-show yeah. that Seth did not know about. Yeah, I was. I don't understand why did they call it the pre-show? Like they, they gave out awards and did announcements. It was just the show. Why? Yeah, it, it made no sense sh- to me. I was, I was confused. It was the show localized to that little off stage, which was, um, you know, it was odd. It is what it is, um. They just, uh, whatever. Jeff Jeff knows <laughs> what he's doing. I suppose he does. Um, he really cares about this. Um, we'll we'll get into him later because there's. I think some of this is his problem. Uh, <laughs> but the the first announcement they had was a Nintendo Switch announcement for yeah Sia- came out of nowhere. Sayonara Wild Hearts. Which is this weird, fast-paced pop action game? Yeah, it's it was hard to to determine what was going on, like what was actual gameplay in the trailer, because um, it was fu- it was like full of these these neon lights, um, and this it, this high contrast and stuff, and this this pounding uh, soundtrack. It, it looked cool. I'm not sure what it is. Um, it was weird, like, they said it was a world premiere trailer, but I swear I remember seeing something that looked like it uh, in Nintendo's E3 presentation. Uh, I don't so know, I, though. I could be wrong. I, I looked back at write-ups for the E3 presentation, and I didn't see anything, but uh, they could also have missed it. Because it, it probably was shown in the, the like, flash, the fast flashes of games. Yeah, so. that might be what I'm thinking. Um, oddly enough, something missing here that was at E3, I thought they said it was coming out this year, uh, Killer Queen Black. I thought that would come out this year. Oh, yeah. But, nope. Uh, but yeah, it, it looks, it looks really neat. Uh, they, they handed out some of the esports awards in the pre-show, and they did the best RPG and something else. I think best best action game? Yeah, they... Two pretty big categories. That yeah, that was just... a little strange. Like, I, I guess I could understand best RPG because there wasn't, like, a big game this year. Um, and also Monster Hunter 1, which is not an RPG. Um, but Action Game was weird because all of the ones in it were, like... Like, we talked about this uh, in, in, the, in the preview episode. All of them were basically... It was basically the game of the year... Um, contestants so i but i guess from that sense angle it makes sense because if you have all these games in another category why do you, you don't really need to do it twice right um but it was it was strange like i can understand the esports stuff and thankfully they like like they grouped a bunch of that stuff together um i know that was one thing we were all worried about that each one was going to have like an individual uh presentation um yeah, but that was that was just another strange thing, part of the pre-show, which was actually the show. Yeah. So then we, uh, excuse me, <laughs> uh, it's late. 
so it's one a.m. Cut, cut, cut the man some slack. The they did some awards and they did a um. No, they did not do the first like highlight on the local gamer thing, which man, we gotta talk about that. Um, but the then they start the show and they bring out the three kings, which I love that Stealth said that because that was so crazy to see. Um, I always forget the name of the PS4 guy, uh, Sean. Yeah. Sean, uh, Sean Phil, and Sean Reggie. Layton. Phil Spencer, Reggie, Fisame. Up there, the the trifecta together to yeah. open up the Game Awards. It was pretty cool. Yeah, um, seeing them on stage together is pretty nuts. I, As I noted on Twitter, I did not expect... I would have expected Reggie and Phil, but I did not think that Sony would play ball. Um, yeah. <laughs> So it was very interesting to see Sean up there, but yeah, it I was... felt like he he was probably the most uncomfortable of the trio. Oh yeah, he. I mean, so a lot of people say they like his stage presence, but that dude always looks like he's uncomfortable to be speaking. <laughs> he just looks like everything is too tight on him, and he's uncomfortable always. He uh, might just that might just be him. Whereas. <laughs> Whereas Phil Spencer's the exact opposite. Everything is loose and he's very casual. And then Reggie is someone that's comfortable in tight clothes. Oh yeah. So it's it's like Sean Layton is this far out, you know, abstract version of both of them, where it's just <laughs> the uncomfortable and tight clothes. Uh, oh so. boy. Yeah. But it yeah. was cool though. It was cool having them all up there. Yeah, because it's you don't see that kind of unity in the gaming scene when it comes to the the big three usually and um a recurring theme as me and seth mentioned through the night it's probably also because of fortnite so in the end that's true most of this can be put on fortnite and so yeah that was cool then they they highlighted i wish i remembered the kid's name or the guy's name but this gamer, it was about, um, you know, profiling gamers with a purpose type thing. You know, the feel-good stories that are on SportsCenter and everything. So they had a feel-good story about this kid that uh, is a disabled gamer. And he went to his guidance counselor to say, hey, what am I going to do with the rest of my life? Oh, Lord. And the guidance counselor just said... Uh, I don't know, kid. Just go home and die because uh, you don't have much time left. Which Ugh, good it was Lord. so terrible. Yeah, that was. How can a person? <laughs> and I mean, he's he's like streaming games and stuff, and, encouraging, uh, and it's awesome, like super awesome stuff. Yeah, but, like it's great that he is where he is, but just the the thought. How do you? How do you? How could you say that to How someone? How do you, as a guidance counselor, say, oh, well, you know, you don't have too much longer left. Just go die. <laughs> like, it's so bizarre. Uh, but it was, it was this, for me, it was the strangest moment of the whole show. Yeah. There were, some, there were some other weird moments. Yeah. This was the weirdest. They did another one about this guy in Uganda or something, but it was more so about internet. It right. was not about gaming at all. 
Yeah, the other profiles were were mostly about um, people who are in locations where uh, gaming is not as accessible and there's not like a huge community. Yeah, or the uh, they did one about the uh, girls, gaming girls one, the the camp. Yeah, like, yeah. There's a camp specifically to encourage girls in gaming, which is awesome. That's cool. Um, you know, be motivated and go write games and be as awesome as uh, Seth. You'll remember her name. My her, she's it's blanking, but the composer of Celeste who was uh, rocking it tonight. Yeah, Lena Rain. She she looked like she was killing it up there every time she was up there. So, but yeah, we we see those profiles. And then the the first big announcement out of this game awards, you get the switch, uh, you know, you get the switch regale, uh, the little click, and then a bunch of Marvel characters. Well, no, no, no specifically Guardians. Yeah. And then they, okay. So my first reaction was, oh great, a Guardians of the Galaxy game, or oh great, they're somehow porting over the. Um, you know, the Telltale Games, the the Guardians. And I was like, oh, okay, that's kind of cool, I guess, even though that studio doesn't exist anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, they're somehow porting this. And then it showed Iron Man, Iron Man, and I threw my phone against the couch and started yelling. And Marianne <laughs> goes, what? And I was like, I was like, they are not about to do another mo- Marvel Ultimate Alliance. And then they start Lo showing, and behold. They start showing Cap and they start showing X-Men. And I'm just like, I am f- I was freaking out. And uh because and then Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3 pops up and then it says exclusively on Switch. And I just went bonkers because I love that franchise. That is, I'm so. I don't know if I've talked about as much on this podcast as I did the bloke cast back in the day, but I played all of the the X Men ones. They only made two, and the Marvel Ultimate Alliance one and two. I played all of those and loved them all, and like maxed out every character. Oh man, I played. <laughs> yeah, no, I played those games very thoroughly, like to a fault. And it sucked especially for Ultimate Alliance 2 because you had to have two saves because you had to pick sides in the Civil War. Oh, yeah, yeah. So it's, yeah, trust me. I did all that. I played those games a lot. So it's exciting to have Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3, The Black Order, where you'll be fighting Thanos and his Black Order. Uh, yeah. So it'll be really it cool. Was, it was crazy. It was a crazy announcement, like, who would even think that that franchise would ever be revived? Um, yeah, I I'm excited. I know. I'm excited. I remember. I don't know if it was the Ultimate Alliance games or the X Men Legends games, but I I have fond memories of playing through some of those when I was younger on the GameCube with uh, with my brother. Yep. So yeah, that, that was pretty cool, and that it's a Switch exclusive. It's kind of it's 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 a little crazy, but yeah, but definitely cool. And uh, just, you know, no schmuck of a team is developing it. Uh, Team Ninja's developing it uh, with, like, Nintendo Publishing. So, 
you know, Nintendo saw the need or Team Ninja felt inspired or, you know, someone got inspired and... Yeah, who knows, who knows how, how these things happen, especially something weird like this, but it is pretty cool. Yeah. And, you know, I didn't I didn't expect a Marvel announcement without the Russo uh, brothers doing it. But, <laughs> yeah, uh, that was also strange. Like, the, the directors of Inf- the new Infinity War, War were here, and I was sure that when it, they were announced that they were going to be here, we are going to see a, uh, uh, a trailer. But, nope, they didn't have to say anything about Marvel. Except yeah. for the little snap joke that they made. Yeah. Um, and then the next exclusive after, or the next world premiere after that was Far Cry New Dawn. Yeah, so this got a weirdly, not leaked, but it, it got revealed. <laughs> Ubisoft or, did it to yeah, themselves. Yeah, it got, they spoiled themselves basically. Um I don't. I mean, I guess I understand why they would tell people to t- to to tune in, so they saw the reveal. But they they basically um, announced that it was happening before the announcement. Um, and also was weird that in in like the teaser trailer they, and in in the pre- the presentation at the award ceremony they they spoiled the ending of Far Cry Five, which I thought was kind of funny. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. So this one. Bonkers. Um. I I'm not sure what to think of it. It it's a post-apocalyptic Far Cry that takes place. It seems it it takes place in the same map as Far Cry Five did. Um, honestly, when they were showing the gameplay, it, it was like it's kind of cool. Some of the stuff is kind of cool looking, um, but the idea that it of going back to Hope County, Montana, even in its new form, I don't know. I'll I'll. I'll, I'm going to wait and see on this one. So, let me give you my notes. A, I don't know if we're playing as these sisters or not. Yeah. It is not very clear. It was not clear. If um, they're the bad guys or if you're playing as them. I, I don't think they're the bad guys, but I, I don't necessarily know that we are playing as him or we'll be playing a character that teams up with them. B. Also, it's so it's it's a little interesting that the two the the main characters of the trailer are two twin black girls. So that is that like like one of the things we talked about um in the chat was that if they figure out the co-op thing, it would and and make it work more seamlessly then we would be more interested in it. And the idea that there are two twin characters kind of, I don't know, maybe lend some credence to that thought? Yeah, possibly. And the fact that they decided to add diversity to Hope County, Montana. Yeah. Because there was none, so. Yeah, I, I thought that was a little funny. Like, it's, I'm I'm glad that, you know, we're getting representation of an underrepresented um, uh, type of person in in video games um but i swear i could not for the life of me remember i remember but one black person in all of far cry 5 yeah um (laughs) yeah i thought it was a little funny uh and it and i guess they you know there had to have been some backlash about that so that's probably this is a response to that so also the (laughs) 
that place does not look very post-apocalyptic. It looks yeah, just like it's weird. Like a very it looks thrown like a, together. Well, it looks like a uh, like someone went around Hope County and with neon spray paint, basically. Yeah, the, they went around after they played Rage 2 in the bunker. Yeah. For a long time. And, yeah. So that's that game. Hopefully the storytelling mechanic is uh, much improved. Oh, yeah, just fix that. That. Um, and, yeah. It's coming out February of next year, so, like, two months. Yeah. So, don't have too long to wait. I don't even know if it's going to be full-priced or DLC, so... Probably just wait till you can get it half off because it'll happen soon. Uh, the next game announced was Super or Super Giant Games' new game Hades. Yeah, this one looked pretty cool. Um, it did. It's uh, you you know with Super Giant they're always great. Bastion, you got Transistor, you got that other game, um, which everyone loves. Uh. I forget what it's called. I'm having a hard time remembering the third. I game. own the game and I played it. And I don't remember. Um, but so this one, it's like a, uh, it kind of, it, it's got a Diablo kind of look. It's a sort of isometric, top-down looking brawler uh, type game. It, I, I described it as like a, a, a isometric Dead Cells is what it looks like. Um, it definitely looks to be incorporating that. You, you go as far as you can, and when you die, you start over and have to go back and retrieve your stuff. Um, you know, the, the Dark Souls mechanic. Uh, it looks it looks cool. Graphics are beautiful. You play as the son of Hades, it, it appears. Uh, so it's yeah. definitely looking good. I'm excited for that. Um, did you mention it's on Epic Games? I didn't catch it, sorry. Uh, That's no, the only way to that. get it right now. Is oh on yeah, the Epic yeah, Game it's Store. it's an early access exclusively on Epic Game Store. Out now. Um the the next announcement, funnily made by a large, uh, a man in a in a Crash Bandicoot costume. Oh yeah, and so this is one we got hinted at uh, a couple days ago before the presentation, and when Crash came out on there, he had this box. Jeff Keeley, he uh, he stuck his hand out, pulled out pulled out a trophy, and they showed the trailer. And boy, we finally got it. We finally got it. Crash Team Racing, baby. Oh, remastered. The thing, the thing we've been asking for since, you know, they announced the Crash HD collection. And uh, how how long have I pined for this game? I'm so excited. <laughs> this I... this is the the only game, the only racing game I've ever played that has has challenged Diddy Kong Racing for my my top spot. Really? Um, I mean, and I say challenged loosely, like it's you know it's one and then a large gap, and then you got like CTR there and Mario Kart sixty four is around there, Mario Kart eight, of course, uh, some other stuff, but. I always loved I always loved uh, CTR, um, and I'm very excited. And it's going to be on the Switch, along with the other platforms. I'm so stoked. It's a it's a good time to be a Crash fan. 
Um, I, I don't know if I necessarily want them to make a new one, but, you know. What do you mean you don't? Re-releasing these old ones is good. Why wouldn't you want them to make a new one? <sighs> they would just have to make it better. It's a weird platformer when you go back to play it. I don't hate it, but it's such a weird, floaty game. Like, Wait, what are you talking about? Crash. I thought we were talking about the racing game. Yeah, I was saying uh, that I don't want them to make a new one. I would want them to make a new Crash Team Racing. Oh, okay. That's for certain. I would want that. Yes, please. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Sorry. I hope... Um, yeah, that was... I don't know how you transitioned to that without me without me knowing. Yeah, it, it comes out on my birthday next year. So someone buy me that game. Uh, June 21st, 2019. Oh, yeah. Um, After that, we got a weird... Uh, like, we got a story trailer for Anthem. So that was kind of cool that there's a story to this game. Yeah. It's uh, very nondescript, but... But they're there. definitely trying to tell us there is going to be a focus on story in this game. Um, who knows what it is? Who knows if this game is going to actually be a uh, finished game when it comes out? Uh, we'll see. Yeah, and then they did a lot of orchestra stuff with it, with flashes of uh, art that we've seen before behind yeah. the orchestra. Yep. Um then after that was the announcement of the Fortnite stuff. No, no, wait. After that was the Outer Worlds. My bad. The yes, the new uh, Obsidian game, which it was confirmed there. It's going to be multi-platform. Yep. So that's it's their last multi-platform game, I imagine, before they are fully folded into the umbrella of Microsoft. Yeah, this act this game actually looked um it looked pretty cool. Uh it's basically Fallout through the lens of Borderlands. Um, yeah, I was thinking Borderlands slash Bioshock. Like it's got Yeah. Some Bioshocky vibes. Yeah, it's got kind of a Bioshock aesthetic but in space. Yeah. Uh and and it and it looks cool and it's got it, it has that, that same kind of look of the people as um you know the follow games have like just the way like their facial structure looks and the way they look directly at the camera when they're talking to you um so yeah it looks interesting and i gar i'm going to be it's going to be hilarious when this comes out and it has nowhere near as many bugs as fallout 76 does <laughs> yeah uh do you do you love the shade they threw at uh, in the beginning of the trailer. yeah the the uh, they ca- they called themselves the original developers of Fallout. I thought it was really funny. Yeah, and they um, I mean between that and you know Fallout seventy six, this game this game studio is very good. Yeah. So they they didn't even put Kotor two in there little from the makers of because that game is super good. But you know whatever. It looks really been a long, neat. Been a long time since Kotor uh, came out. Yeah, I I'm really excited for this game. It looks f- very fun. I'm I'm ecstatic for it. I know it doesn't sound like it right now, but it's because it's late. <laughs> um, then we got to the Fortnite stuff, which 
They showed off the trailer for season seven, which started today. Which yep, it's a big old iceberg. Which I'm actually buying the season pass for because I'm a sucker for Christmas stuff, and there's a really awesome looking Santa Claus in there, so I'm all for it. And uh, Seth, you should we should jump into Fortnite together because when you're in the snow area, it's comically fun. Because you just slide everywhere because yeah. the it's on ice and there's sliding mechanic mechanics. It's a good time. I was I was getting a gunfight with this guy and we were both struggling to hit each other because we're both moving so fast on ice. It was uh, it was pretty funny. And um, they also announced the creative mode, which people have been doing already today, where you can. It's kind of like a, the Halo Forge mode where you can make your own game types and stuff with the in-game uh, materials. Yeah. And they also announced live, which I checked like five minutes after they said it happened, and it truly did happen. It must have happened in-game to people while it was going on, which is nuts. Um, I imagine there'll be videos of it coming out, of the thing yeah. falling from the sky. So I went and I, I flew to the area, which is where the uh, the, the drive-in theater was. Be. Yeah, Risky Reels. And now it's just called The Block. Yeah. And they're going to be putting the homemade content that we make into that area of the island, which is... Cool. Yeah, I think that's really cool. Um, like it's, a, it's a perfect way to, to keep the, the map changing every week. Um, and to show off some of the, the crazy stuff people can make. Oh, yeah. It's going to be dope. Um, it's, man, this game, I feel like it got enough recognition, but it also didn't. It, the They've been doing a lot of cool stuff this year. Yeah. And they've definitely been in the topic of conversation a lot longer than a lot of other video games. Yeah, they have uh, changed the game... Uh, so to speak, for the relatively new um, idea that is uh, the the you know the, the games as a service type thing, because um, the, there's no one no one else is doing no one else out there is is doing it as well as Epic Games is doing to keep their game uh, interesting and to keep people coming back to play it. Right. Um. So yeah, after that, we got um, they there's an announcement for this game called Atlas, which Seth was all about. Okay, yeah. So this, I like when I was watching this, I was just I was so confused and excited. It's this. It's by the makers of Ark Survival Evolved. It's this. It appears to be a pirate game. Um, but so, also, yeah, I thought it was a rec- like an H. It was going to be an HD realistic skin for uh the the rare game but it's not no like um it's weird it's 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 but it's this it's this online multiplayer game you you seem to be a pirate but also you go to these places where like there's five-headed dragons and and other magical creatures and it's it looks insane and i am super excited comes out next week yeah on PC and yeah, on PC beginning of next year on Xbox, and it, they said like it's gonna be like 
40,000 concurrent players or something like that. Yeah, and and I think they said that the map is like I haven't played Ark, so I don't know how big this is, but they said the map is like 1200 times the size of um an Ark server. Uh so I'm I'm excited about it. Yeah, that's that's bonkers. It looks it looks crazy. Um there was a short teaser for Dragon Age 4. Yep. Which uh Jason Schreier kind of he that's the only thing he spoiled from mm-hmm. Game Awards because he he legit said um there will probably be a teaser for Dragon Age 4. But just know that this game got rebooted literally last year, middle like he got, it got rebooted very recently, and it is years from coming out. Mm, wow! So he he like he he came out because he didn't want people to be like expecting release date and to see it at E three and stuff. So yeah, I mean literally they didn't even show a logo. The only stuff they showed was it, there was like a little bit of voiceover and some, and it was concept art basically. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Basically, hey, the uh... see, you can throw it out there. It's not not too hard to uh to make that trailer. Yeah. Um, Stranger Things season three is getting a game like season two did, mm-hmm. so that's kind of neat. And then, so they did a weird switcheroo. I don't. Seth didn't like it as much. I don't as think I did. the switcheroo was on purpose. Oh, you don't? No. Um, what happened is they brought out the. I don't know what what's the dude is the head the Ed Boon the Boone. head of NetherRealm Studios to announce the winner of the best sports or racing game, and then when he when the video was supposed to play of the the nominees, we got instead a trailer for Mortal Kombat 11 which was hilariously gruesome honestly like i was i was cringing watching it but it was really funny um but and th- but afterward like ed boon apologized because i'm pretty sure they were supposed to show the trailer and then he comes out and announces the thing uh but someone hit the wrong button <laughs> yeah so it's yeah, yeah. It's, Mortal Kombat 11. Yeah, it's coming out in April, which is very soon. That was that was kind of the surprise part of it. Um, and I, I'm excited. Uh, Mortal Kombat 10 had a really cool story mode, and it actually had a developed story. So I'm really excited to see where it goes because they are picking up uh, from the end of it. So. Mm. That would be that is really cool, and and really Nether Realm did a great job with Injustice Two also by like the story mode is just really well done um, overall, and so I'm excited to see them evolve that, and it's coming out on every console: the Switch, the PS4, and the Xbox One. So that's dope. Yep, and then. Uh, the last big announcement we have. So uh, before we get to that, okay. um, there was, I don't remember when it happened, but there was a a new trailer of Rage 2. Um, yeah, yeah, Which yeah, yeah. actually, like, it looked pretty cool. Uh, it was it was quite a long trailer, but um, the, that game, 
Like, I'm still a little skeptical about it, but it it's looking pretty good, I think. Yeah, I want to be excited for this game. I just, I, it's not co-op. Yeah, that's a little disappointing. And it's not Borderlands 3, which is a rough, because it's, it's not meant to be, and I know that, but I, that's what I want. And yeah. I don't know if I'm willing to give that up yet. So I might get this game. It does look cool and insane, but... I also, you know, I I really would just rather it be Borderlands three, but that's a personal thing. So, it's it's coming eventually. Of course, I uh, thought it would get announced tonight, maybe, but well, we all th- we all thought a lot of stuff. We thought that Metroid Prime trilogy was going to get announced tonight, but it was nowhere to be found. Yeah, there wasn't much else that I was mad that I'm not mad that anything was missing. Everything was nice. It was very good and, you know, ex- exciting. And it it seems like, you know, Game Pass is going to be getting a lot more love too. Uh, with, like, Phil Spencer and Jeff had a nice little talk. And there was even a weird trailer for the Alita Battle Angel yeah, yeah. Uh, movie. And then Ugh. possibly the highlight of the night for me was the performance of Devil Trigger. Oh my the god. New song for Devil May Cry Five. Oh Lord, it was so it was so bad and so good at the same time. Yeah, it was conflicting. <laughs> uh, uh for sure. I honestly cannot believe like that is a real thing. Like that song that they hired people to pl- they hired professionals to perform it and record it um i'm glad like i i enjoyed it i, <laughs> I actually music... when they were when they were performing i started out i was like oh god this um because it reminded me of the terrible uh bethesda andrew wk e3 thing um but then as it got going i started getting into it and by the end i was fully invested i was like all right this is the jam. Yeah. So that is, um, if you haven't played it, that is very typical Devil May Cry. Oh, yeah. Devil May Cry music. So it it definitely fit. And possibly at around the ninth or tenth time they shoehorned in singing Devil Trigger, I was hooked. Yeah. Uh, so, it's like every other lyric in the song yeah. is Devil Trigger. Uh, and, and the the look on the guitarist's face as he's playing the simplest things on his guitar, and he's just acting so hardcore. It was the best. It was so funny. But it really was quite a treat. Uh, did you want to cover anything else before we cover the nice last surprise? Uh, <laughs> it's funny you say that. Because Last Surprise is actually a name of a song from the game. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> nice. But no, let's get into it. So this, um, I actually just, I, I'm, I'm watching the trailer again right now. Um, so Jeff Keighley, who was in the middle of announcing something, or he was talking about whatever. I don't really remember. But then the, the screen, like all the lights went out and the screen started showing static. Um and we get this uh 
like the the screen goes red and we get the the phantom thieves take your heart calling card from persona 5 and immediately like i i i i lunged backward in in surprise like like those people when they when they see a magic trick um and long story short uh we we get you know all the all it's a bunch of characters from persona 5 talking and you got joker running across and then he he's got this envelope and he reveals it and it's got the smash bros logo and uh joker from persona 5 is going to be the first dlc character for smash bros and i i screamed at the top of my lungs like and this is at like 11:45 at night yeah. um i yelled and i jumped around my room um like an insane person um and like i'm still like i'm grinning from ear to ear right now just even thinking about this um i'm so excited i never in a million years thought something like this would happen um like when they showed the switch logo and and then persona 5 you're like oh sweet this is finally coming to the switch but no um somehow something even more incredible is happening uh i can't even i literally can't even <laughs> it's and it was so infectious because i know how much you care about this game so like the whole time i'm like oh yeah and like like you said i was just really excited that persona 5 was coming to the switch and then when he flipped the envelope and it was the smash logo and not like a release date or something i was like <sighs> like i was just i i yelled out loud and then it said dlc pack one and so it that made me really excited because uh, even though i haven't played the game i've listened to a lot of the music because you sent me music and my friend joe um has sent me a lot of the music and I'm excited to play Smash Bros. to some of that great Persona yeah, it, 5 music. Like, that didn't even dawn on me immediately. Like, I was just excited that Joker was going to be a character. And then I realized that the DLC pack is going to have music and a stage from the series. And I was like, oh my god, the <laughs> music in Smash Bros. is going to be so amazing. And then and then I came to, I, I, I came to the realization that we're going to get a Joker amiibo. And I was just like, the, my I was my brain was exploding. So so what's crazy, especially if you think about it, because um, Reggie kind of said something about this. Um, Sakurai said that Nintendo provided Sakurai with a list of people they wanted for the DLC, um, on and on Twitter a while back, and that you know it's already been decided. And so, obviously, uh, Reggie, if you go back and listen, he kind of said, you know, these DLC characters are going to be kind of guest stars, um, he said. It was a weird way he worded it. but it Yeah, definitely... I think he said, like, they're all going to be, like, newcomers. Um, so, I think the implication is that we're going to get a lot of... They're all going to be third-party characters... Um, and probably, maybe not probably, but it would not be surprising if the majority of them are not on Nintendo platforms, which is insane. Um, he, but, he kept, he kept insisting that this is the greatest crossover game ever. 
And so if they want to keep building on that, um, they need to add uh, Master Chief. Very... Dude, like <laughs> I... If you had said that, like, before the game before these award show i would have thought well that's stupid that will never happen and now i am not so sure that it's impossible did you uh so if you if you don't follow nebellion on twitter you need to um did you see his tweet where he uh i can't remember what celtics player it was where he's yelling yeah, anything kevin, is possible kevin Garnett, yeah yeah <laughs> And he's just like, hey, Sakurai, who could be in Smash? And it's like, anything is possible. Uh, it really is. Yeah. This is a whole new world. At this point, the next four characters, uh, it's so, you know what, on the level, it's infuriating. Because <laughs> this could have been the last character announcement, and I probably would have been excited with Incineroar as the first DLC character <laughs> if they would have flip-flopped them. <laughs> Looking back. Yeah, it's weird how that stuff works. Like, because this this made me giddy for buying the season pass, and it made me giddy for the game again. It did. It really did. But man, if just the way that announcements really affect people's view on things. Whew. It's it's crazy. Um, so it's all about marketing, yeah, which we're getting at now with the end of this, um, with the the close of all this, um, a lot of game, a lot of developers and games that were announced made sure to go out of their way to say they were going to be available on the Epic Game Store. Yeah, so this was a, this was very interesting because we so we got. I, I, it was earlier this week, right, that Epic announced, Epic Games announced that they were releasing their own digital games platform as, you know, to compete with Steam. Um, and it's one that is, that give, gives a larger revenue share to developers. And then we have the Game Awards, and it seemed like every every announcement of a game that will be released on PC, it said that it was going to be on the Epic Game Store. And there was no mention of Steam at all, which I thought was it was crazy. Like it was one of it was low key one of the major themes of the uh, of the entire night. Yeah, and I mean like games coming to early access to this thing, uh, games being available now on it. No mention of Steam. Uh, it, it's crazy because it makes you think how much Microsoft is going to benefit from this also. Because they have a very strong relationship with Epic uh, from the past, and it'll be it'll be interesting to see where this goes. But yep the 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 crux of it is um, I was reading Valve takes thirty percent of any sale uh, when you buy something on Steam, and this new store is only going to take twelve percent, and the rest of it goes to the developer. So Pretty good number. Yeah, it's very competitive and you know, we'll see where it goes. I I don't know. If if I don't yeah, know if it'll I mean, it'll anything. it'll probably be hard for for any it would be hard for anyone to infiltrate into Steam's market share. Um but this is definitely a way to do it. Yeah. <laughs> um you know, none of the commercials said Steam. 
and they were running their own commercials. Um, before we before we sign off, Seth. Um, well, we have I to want... we have to talk a, at a, at least a little bit about the award winners. Yeah, no, that's what I was getting at. I was saying before we say goodbye and stuff, we need to talk about award winners. I was getting there. Okay, fine. I'm sorry. Um, so, so how do you feel about the award winners tonight? Well, look, the I was for a majority of this, I was really mad at the <laughs> the stupid okay. awards. Um, okay, because you know this wants to they want to be like a legit legitimate program, um, but early on it seemed like every award in which Red Dead Redemption 2 was nominated they were winning uh and in places where you know, they didn't really have any um reason winning like uh, not any re- like they certainly had a legitimate reason to win some of the stuff but there were also other contenders um like I guess the the first thing that I was real mad at was um the the best music and I yeah. admittedly have not played Red Dead so I don't know what the music it is like um I know that the music like the sound the soundtrack in God of War was really good and the soundtrack in Celeste was amazing um and it the idea that Red Dead somehow beat those was kind of... It was insane to me. Um, it was bonkers. And we had... Red Dead also won um, Best Narrative, uh, which I thought was also dumb. Again, I haven't played it. Um, I, only, I can only go off the stuff that I've read about the game. Um, and it does not seem to me that... It, like the the story and the stuff that it deals with has, like holds a candle near God of War or um, Spider Man, um, and so it was it was looking a little grim for me. Do, do you want to know which one triggered me? Which one? Uh, the fact that best performance went to the Red Dead guy. Yeah, that was also insane. Like that you had, blew me away. You've got the. What whatever his name is, who who was Kratos? You've got Yuri Lowenthal, who was Spider Man. He, he was Yuri Lowenthal was amazing in, yeah. in that. Um, and we talked about this actually a little. I was surprised that the guy who who was uh, who do, who did Joseph Seed was not nominated. Um, like I don't know, it, it maybe just that he wasn't in the game that much. Um, but he was he was really good and creepy as that. Um, so it just seemed like the worry is that, and I don't remember if this happened last year, but the the games that come out most recently have a a higher chance of winning just because you know the they're in the, bias. yeah they're in the minds of the of the people and and I was worried about it and then it seemed to be happening right before my eyes. Um, but then we got to um 
we got to best art direction, which is one that, of course, Red Dead was nominated for. Um, and this is, we talked about this that uh, Octopath Traveler were, was one that was if this was an a, an an award that that Octopath was going to win, it was it would be this. It was in fact the indie game Return of the Obra Dinn, which absolutely deserves it. Um, so that when that happened, I was like, all right, all right, maybe they understand. And then we got to best game direction, um, which I yeah. was. I was going I was going to be so mad if Red Dead won this because you know game direction is kind of an esoteric category um and it doesn't always like it's not it's not something you always notice but it is you look at a game like God of War in which it had the whole like the the one shot kind of cinema cinematographic style and, right, right. and and is something completely unique from what other games do. And you also have um, a way out, which was the way it it was sort of framed like a film, um, and the way stuff happened in that uh, was also completely unique. And so I saw this and I was like, "There's no way that Red Dead deserves deserves to win this game," um, but I think it's going to happen. And then they. They read the award, and it was God of War, uh, well deserved. And I th- I thought it was hilarious that you you could hear like the the crowd. It was probably the loudest um, reaction, maybe not the loudest, but it was one of the the most surprising reactions because it was it was quite a loud cheer when they won. Because and it to me it seemed like the crowd was worried that Red Dead was just gonna take everything. And then when that happened, I was like, all right, we're good. Um, Fortnite won best ongoing game, which was good, and then we got the game of the year. Um, and so we were in the Suplex chat on Facebook, and this was kind of funny. Um, on uh, Chris and I and Andre were, I guess their streams were ahead of ours, yeah. and so <laughs> they started freaking out in the chat about it before we knew what was going on. Um, and so me and David were like, don't, no spoilers. Uh, but then they showed it, uh, they, and God of War won the, um, game of the year. And I was so excited. I was so happy. Mostly relieved that it was not Red Dead Redemption 2, but God of War was absolutely, uh, in my opinion, the game of the year. Yeah. I mean, I, I wanted it to be Celeste or Spider-Man, but. I mean, yeah, I wanted I, it to be Celeste. Of course. I I think that next year they need to do away with fan voting. I think that fan voting affecting the outcomes... Well, I don't know that it affects it that much. I, I think it's only like a small portion of the vote. I mean, I'd have to look it up. But it's... Uh, they have a whole panel know. of like games journalists who who choose this stuff. Right. And then I guess if it's like a toss up between two things, the f- oh, the fan vote might come into into play. Oh, gotcha. But I don't know. I feel like there needs to be clarity on that process on a level. Mm. Yeah. Um, especially since like the there was the whole aspect of 
um, you know, you vote, and then if you share your vote on social media, your vote gets boosted a couple times, like... Yeah, who knows? Yeah. But, you know, it, overall, it's a good show. The, the, having the orchestra there is pretty dope. Yeah. Um, I like having, I like video game music, um, a lot in general, and, you know, it's definitely something that it's nice to hear in an orchestra form it's yeah the orchestra was cool i was a little i was a little sad like at the beginning they they announced like the the special guests that were sitting in with the orchestra who were who were mainly people who were associated with some of the the best the best um music categories uh lena rain who who did the celeste soundtrack which was amazing was up there um and I was I was kind of disappointed because I was really hoping that with her up there we would get like a a live scored performance of 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 the music from that and it never happened. But we got like an hour long tribute to Red Dead Redemption Two music. Yeah, that seemed like it took forever. Ugh. Okay. So. <laughs> Um, the orchestra was cool. The stage was really neat. For this being like a, I mean, this is only the fifth year they've been doing it. It was really well done. And uh, props to Sonic Fox for being dope. Yeah, Sonic Fox was cool. Uh, very endearing and charismatic. It was very fun. And... It's uh, it was a good it was a good game awards. I'm very tired. It was good. It yeah, was, it's it late. Good. We um, any other time we'd probably be much we'd we'd have a lot more energy when talking about it because it was it was enjoyable. It was, and I I do want. Uh, I mean, the, just the off chance that Jeff Cayley decides to listen to this, uh, um, seeing his excitement gets me very excited because he. He just seems so pure to all of this. And it's um, following him on Twitter and even following him since the G4 days. You know, he definitely cares about this industry a lot. And yeah. so it, it's nice to see people like him still in the business. Um, I would encourage uh, following him on Twitter and even following some of the old hat people from G4 like Adam Sessler and yeah. Morgan Webb and Kevin Pereira, um, all those people that actually played video games that were on G4 before they decided to run that network into the ground with cops reruns. <laughs> and <sighs> it, it's very, it's really a very sad story. Adam Sessler tweeted the whole thing a couple months back while he was in the hospital waiting to be taken care of. He basically told the sad story of G4 and it, I wish it would have been a Kotaku article or something because it was very uh, – as someone who uh, adamantly watched it, that was my first view into esports was they mm. had a show where – they had a show where two teams of people would fight against each other in various video games. Yeah. And, you know, it's just – I don't know. That was such a cool time and, uh, I mean – Maybe not see it resurrected on TV, of course, but, you know, there was good stuff back then. And I'm glad to see him 
still carrying the torch and doing neat stuff with it. And we've come a long way from weird teabagging segments and stuff like that. So, <laughs> yeah. Now we just have awkward rock segments, which are great and bad at the same time. So, um, but with that, we appreciate you listening. Don't forget to share this episode with your friends and you'll get entered in to win one of these stickers. And we will see you next week where we'll talk about Smash a lot probably. We will. Which you know, you'll have... you will see this coming. Which, yeah, you'll see this coming, and, uh, yep, that's that'll be it. That's your only warning. So, have a good week, and we'll see you then. Bye. Bye.